Peace, it's your girl AD. I am one part of Survival Life and you are tuned in to the Survival Life Podcast. Survival Life is dedicated to promoting black self-sufficiency through knowledge and applied skills related to the outdoors, emergency preparedness, primitive survival, and homesteading. We are a tribe of survivors or survivalists who want to empower ourselves by learning techniques such as gardening, fishing, hunting, camping, backpacking, sustainable, minimalistic, or off-grid lifestyles. We also do hiking, herbalism, defense, and so, so much more. Whatever your interest is, this group is meant for learning and trading skills within the community. The ultimate goal of Survival Life is to recreate the self-sufficient communities that our ancestors once thrived in. A community that works collectively to teach, learn, protect, and above all, genuinely really to support each other. Whether you are a beginner like myself or more advanced, we are all here to take our skills to the next level. So chill out, grab whatever it is that relaxes your body and spirit, and let's talk all things outdoors, prepping, survival, and homesteading. Let's do it. Yo, what's up, Survival Life? Bringing you yet another episode, episode five. Yay, we are here. Um, so hmm, I've been pretty busy. I was very intent on cranking out some content. I feel like I'm a little late with this one, but only because things have been freaking hectic. You we, like I don't even want to make the episode turn into that episode because Not that I'm over it, because how can you be over something when you're almost like you're at the beginning of it and you're about to be in the thick of it? And I don't even want to name the name or name what I'm talking about, because you're listening to this and you are probably as overwhelmed and inundated with information as I am. So I'm not even going to bring up that word. I'm not. I'm not even going to focus this episode um, on that situation because I have had enough of everybody's opinions. I was just explaining to a friend, someone, I was just talking to someone on the phone and I think the reality of things have hit. Um, I think it's pretty much just punched everybody in the gut right now. And for me, one of the most frustrating things is too much information, information overload. And it's not even information coming from quote unquote reputable sources, because I don't even know who's reputable anymore. Even if you were like, oh, well, this is a reliable source. You can go to the CDC, but it's like, who can you really trust at this time? You know, um, you say don't do the media because they're over-exaggerating, but then there's this other piece where we don't know anything. And even worse than that are just having um, people who you have no idea who this person is. You don't know if they believe the earth is flat. You don't know if they're one of the non-hand washers out there. Like you don't know anything, but yet they're on social media. They're getting shared with their thoughts and pains on the matter. Why would I care, right? Why would I care? And I really don't, I try not to listen to too many people's, well, what I think is happening because nobody knows. So I've already spent two minutes and 26 seconds longer on this situation than I want to. Today's episode is not going to be about that. What we're going to talk about today is the type of prepper. 
So many diaper preppers out there. Um, so we're going to dive deep into that and we're going to find out which prepper do you think you are. So we're just going to look. And again, this isn't a end all be all list. It was just a list that I found. Um, actually, I found this list of preppers will. That's preppers will. I'll try to remember to put the uh, the the address, the email, the website address, sorry, in the notes so that you can take a look at it and read it for yourself. I scoured the uh, web just a little bit just to see if I could come up with a nice, comprehensive, interesting list. Um, so we'll see uh, what they claim to be. To um, I'm sorry, I just got a text message. So like I've been getting, again, tons of text messages, inboxes in the Facebook group. Uh, I've been getting uh, just lots of uh, just random phone calls where I know it's anxiety kicking in right now. So I'm going to put this on mute so I can just focus on this here. Um, I can focus on this uh, episode. So anyway, types of people you need to survive. Like, who do you want in your group? And I think this is so very important to this situation because a prepped community is a strong community. People are less likely to try to take over or mess with a group. Um, so you really are better in numbers, even though I know there's going to be internal conflict and there's going to be situations like that. Not everybody's, we're not all going to be on the same page. It's not easy. You know, there is the trade-off. When it's just you or you and one other person, you can move. You can be a little bit more agile. You can make decisions quicker. You have less um, people to think about because it is just you or just you and your mate. But when you're in a group, all things must be considered. And you have to sacrifice an individual want for um, a group need, basically. Um, so that's very important. So rather than worry about what's going on out there right now and what's going to happen tomorrow and, you know, who knows some secret information that we don't, we're not going to focus on that. So let's talk about it. What type of prepper do you need in your group? Let's go. All right. The type of prepper you need in your group, numero uno, is the leader. You got to have a person to lead the group. In fact, even if you did not point to somebody and say, you know, we're going to like somebody's going to either step up as the leader, you know, whether you like it or not, um, or somebody is going to be kind of edged out into that role or pushed out into that role because people will tend to go to one particular person for advice, one person that they trust. Um, so it's just naturally a leader is going to kind of rise to the top out their group, whether they choose to be it or whether they're chosen. Um, so that's a good question. Like how are leaders chosen? Like what do people look for in the leader? Because I'll tell you one thing. You can have a group of 50 or 100 powerful people, great people, everything's good. If that leader of that group, the person who usually takes the initiative to make decisions, um, to determine outcomes of whether like, okay, no, you did wrong or to hold the group accountable, um, a bad leader is probably one of the worst things that a group can have. Um, so you have one person, 50 members, and all it takes is one bad leader to Drive, like to really just lead you astray, um, to make a situation worse than what it is. 
Hint, we have that right now with our current um, Mr. 45. He's a good example of a bad leader. A lot of things that we're going through right now is probably directly related to just him and some of the decisions he make. And so while it's sad because, wait a minute, how does one person get to decide? And he's not one person. When I say one person, it's a small group of people that are making these decisions um, versus the mass, um, the people. But you know, a bad leader is just like the worst thing that a group can have. So what makes a person stand out to become a leader, to decide one, that he's leader worthy, um, other than maybe ego, or maybe there's just some people like leadership roles, um, or two, how do people like, what do people see when they're like, yeah, okay, let's just go to this person because I feel like they got all the answers or I can trust them. Um, how do people do that? Uh, so I think for me, I would say a leader is somebody who's trustworthy, somebody who's fair, firm. Um, they have to be great analyzers and they have to have a strategic mindset. You want them to be honest and more than anything, you want them to be selfless. So that means they put the group before themselves. So they think about everybody um, and they try to weigh the cost of some of their decisions. That's very important. I'll tell you this. I would never want to be a leader. I, I remember going on an interview and one of the interview questions was like, are you a follower or a leader? And I was like, mm, I don't really like the word follower. But if what you're asking me is, would I rather be a manager or a team? I personally like the team. I like being part of the driving force. I like the work part of things um, to get things done. Um, and I like to see things it come to really the success is really comes from your team in the long run, but a good leader makes a great team. You know, being a leader is too much responsibility and I absolutely hate making decisions. Like been in my house for, I don't know, 10 years now and I still can't decide on the paint, how I'm going to paint, what color I'm going to paint the walls here because I don't do well with making like decisions like that unless you give me like a couple of years to figure it out. That's the Gemini in me. All right. So we have the leader. The next type of people you need in a survival group is the mediator. The mediator is often, um, they're the conflict resolution person. Usually these people also have negotiate good negotiation skills. Um, Again, another person who would have to put aside any favorites um, when it comes to like people or just having some type of unbalanced thoughts about one person or another. Like these people tend, a mediator has to kind of be on, um, they have to be kind of even killed about things, right? So they can't weigh too heavy on one side without the other. They can't be too opinionated. Usually they are good listeners. Um when I think about a mediator, there's someone who is good at rationalizing. They would need to be trustworthy. Again, like I said, fair to both sides. They're typically patient and they can listen, <laughs> listen to both sides and see what they're saying. Um, and I feel like in some way they have some type of, uh, they have this psychologist um, type of a thing in them, the way they listen and respond. Um, listen, the mediator will stay busy no matter how wonderful you think the group is and how well folks are getting along because they are so needed in a group. There is always, always, always um, going to be conflict. Um, they may mediate arguments or debates that tribe members are having with each other or conflict within family or even so conflict with outsiders, those who are not within that community or tribe. 
And the goal of a good mediator would be to have both sides feeling like they came out the winner. So um, if someone comes to the mediator uh, and they're not on the same the same level, they're not feeling the same about some decision that needs to be made, a mediator is going to make both of them feel like they'll they'll make them come to a compromise. Um, and both parties walk away not completely. I won't say completely happy as like, yeah, yeah, he ruled in my favor or, you know, everything that I said is um, what he said should happen. But they do it in a way so that both parties compromise and that um, they both walk away feeling like they were heard and that their issues were addressed and resolved. Um, Ill feelings can be the death of a tribe and it could take a long time to recover um, and to resolve issues within a group. And that's why a mediator is so very important. The next person is the medic. Everybody knows you need a medic on hand. Now, the medic can be um, either a paramedic. They can be an herbalist, doctor, nurse. Basically, they're there to help save lives. They help, they're there to help keep people healthy. These are people with knowledge of the body and how it works and how to diagnose and how to treat things. Um, a healthy tribe is a successful tribe. So you have to have a medic. Um, they can do things from like the bandaging. Somebody gets hurt. Maybe it's in, um, you know, something pops off and, you know, somebody needs to be. Um, I think one of the, the most important things of a medic is when someone is, when we're sick or we're hurt, when we go to whether it be a doctor or to somebody what we expect is for them to say, like, this is, don't worry, you're going to be okay. Like, you may be in the worst shape ever, but once you hear that and feel that, like, you immediately start to put that confidence and you feel a lot better about what's going on. Um, so that's why you have to have a medic in a group. You know, these are people who's going to be able to spot warning signs maybe before it gets too bad or when it does get bad. Um, your trust in them and how they treat people and how they um, resolve those issues is so very important. And look, no one, no group, no community is going to sacrifice the medic. Like those are going to be, I would say that's probably one of the safest roles that a person can have in a group. Nobody's getting rid of that, um, especially since we've been so ingrained in this society to run to the doctors. And I don't like I'm just a person. It has to be really bad for me to go to the doctor, um, even sometimes, sadly to say, with preventative maintenance. And that's just because I was just raised that it, it wasn't commonplace. I can probably count on a hand of times, if that, how many times I've ever been to the doctor, you know, in my lifetime. Um, especially given that back then vaccinations weren't like they are now. So you really didn't have to see them often. And when you got hurt, if aloe and burners didn't fix it, yeah, maybe then you need to go to the doctor. But the, yo, my parents was very like, let's see how you recover from this. But also I've been fortunate and nothing bad has ever really happened where I would need it to be like, had no other choice but to go to the doctor. But I'm just saying that to say there is like if you want to if you want to secure your role in a group the best i think personally and tell me if i'm wrong if you think um there's another um uh type of a, a person that you want to have in your group that's better than the medic i'd sure love to hear that numero tres all right so we oh no we're not on trace trace was the medic cuatro four is the scout so I was looking at the article, um, Prepper's Will, and 
the scout. So it describes it as someone who knows a region very well and they know where resources are located. So these are people who I consider them to be more like explorer type person. They enjoy getting away from the site and from the people and they like to venture out to see what's out there. Um, in my opinion, I like to say that these people may appreciate the comfort of a group, but doesn't necessarily need or desire to be around them all the time. They always feel like there is something else out there to be discovered. Um, so they don't mind going out there for extended periods of time and doing that. Now, this isn't always true. I don't I mean, not to say that every scout enjoys being away from um, the group or whatever, but I, I do feel like they're always looking for what else is out there. I like to think, like I said, they're adventurous. They're usually great at navigating. I think they're really good at paying attention to cues of nature. And they're just overall curious individuals. Uh, so I do think scouts are very necessary, especially because when you find a place and you settle down and you make up home there, uh, the, the idea to stay there and not venture off too far for fear of what's out there, um, it's a real feeling. you know. So shout out to the scout. Soldier, where they at? I need some soldiers in here, where they to take care of me, where they Okay, the soldier, sorry. So I think this is where you're going to see the bulk of the people. Um, this is probably the role where you see most people will land into this soldier role. And that's not to say these people don't have any other specialized skills because you can be a soldier and a scout. You could be a soldier and a leader. Um, you know, so it's not to say that they're just, you know, soldiers, uh, but generally their job is to maintain the lives and the safety of the group. Um, they either are taught to be soldiers or they kind of step up on their own to be soldiers. And I do think this group is very, very important group to have. Uh, but I also, I don't want to stereotype here. I do feel like they can also be the group where the most of the friction is going to fall. I think it's going to be in the soldier area. One is because it's probably so many of them. And um, I, I do think that when there's so many people in one specific group, you're going to have a lot of differences of opinion. Um, I do think that, you know, like not to say that they're argumentative, but they're going to voice, um, their thoughts and ideas. And I think they'll stand firm to a lot of that. They won't just be like, well, no, okay, I'll just do what you say. Um, so I, I do think there's that aspect of it. Um, and when you think of, so yeah, I think just in nature soldiers, I don't want to belittle them because they're so important. You can't, Keep the tribe safe with just a medic, a, uh, a leader, um, or a mediator. You have to have that fighting power. You have to have also um, those differences of opinions because you might not have the best idea. Leader doesn't mean that you have the best ideas. You just are usually committed to making a decision. So I do think because soldiers are more strategic in nature, um, especially for those who I call them natural born soldiers, meaning people who just have it in them or have been taught a long time ago and it's just been ingrained in them to be in that soldier mindset. I do think that they do offer a lot of strategies and therefore when you have someone 
different people who have different strategies, you're going to find a little bit more difference of opinion. Now, the one thing I will say about being in the soldier group, to me, that's scary. Um, you'd have to be pretty damn good and you have to be pretty super courageous um, to kind of be put up on the pedestal as, okay, that's like, nope, we're not getting rid of that soldier ever. If you ever had to sacrifice somebody in your group, I could definitely see it being a soldier because there's so many of them. And you might think, well, I have 15. I, I could probably do good with 14, you know, so I would be nervous because I feel like they would be the first one off the chopping block. And I mean, it's just, usually there's just so many of them. So if you sacrifice one or two, who's going to like, who's really going to care? Uh, it may mean all the difference in war. So you better think that thoroughly before you do make that decision. But if they don't have any specialized skills, I'd say you better pick up some real quick so that you're not the one getting off first off of that list. Um, and I, again, it takes it does take a lot of skill to be a soldier. It, it takes a lot of mindset. And I know it isn't easy. You have to be somewhat physically fit for the most part. And you need to be a good skilled marksman um, to be considered a great soldier. Um, but, you know, you there's also this idea that if you need to just get the job done, I'm pretty sure uh, you could train, you know, just really train and train and train a person and they'll be good enough just for what you need, just good enough for what you need. Um, just to say this, I do think that everybody is valuable, everybody, but I'll talk more about this later. Now we're going to talk about, hold on, let me have a sip. The farmer. I love me a farmer. The farmer, I feel like, okay, so your farmer is in tune with nature. Um, they know when to plant, where to plant. They're all about the soil conditions and saving seeds and how much to plant. Um, rotating the cops, crops, sorry, rotating crops, canning or preserving food, um, how to optimize crops, till, no till, slash and burn, whatever it is, they know all of it. The farmer is so in tune to the earth. And the earth is so needed to have a healthy community. You cannot have a good community if you have bad soil. And if you have bad soil, then you can't plant good crops. If you can't plant good crops, we're back to not having a healthy committee uh, community. Um, so you need to always take time. Let's thank the farmers, those that feed us. Um, especially those who um, feed us in times where they don't have the most ideal conditions. You know, they, I think it's easy to think that you plant a seed, you water it, it gets sunlight, it grows, it uh, bears fruit and you enjoy it. Um, so much more in between all of those steps, so many things. And what happens if it doesn't rain for days at a time? Do you know how many nights a farmer probably stays awake thinking, where is the rain? Praying for the rain you know, or, hey, it got cold all of a sudden, or, hey, the temperatures change. You know, that's just something that they think about, you know, and they're constantly having to make provisions based off of that, you know, weather conditions. Um, and those are, you can't control the weather, right? So they have to be prepared for anything and everything. Because um, again, even if you got the most fertile soil in the world, you know, nothing promises that things are going to blossom from that or that something won't get destroyed, you know, pests come. Um, so they'll know the best things to do for pests. 
which is so important because at the end of the day, you need to be able to eat, you know, and so you need that farmer to help to know how to remediate soil and and know how to work the soil and and know how to um, do the plants just right so they can get as most get as most fruit as possible, uh, most vegetables as possible from those plants. Um, and then you have to think about if you don't have a hunter or fishing or you got hunters and fishermen, fisher folks, you got hunters or fisher folks. Um, if, but if that, that ain't hitting and then you're going to have to still rely on those vegetables and that food to sustain you. And there are some people who it would be nice if you're not someone who eats uh, meat or uh, any type of those type of uh, meat products. Uh, that you still have options for eating and for sustaining yourself. So that's super duper important. Shout out to the farmer. Gotta love the farmer. The next is the planner. So Preppers Will also describes the planner um, as someone who is usually the organizer of day-to-day or major events. Um, So the planner is a person who steps up and creates a plan and executes the plan from beginning to end. Event planner. They often go, they're often a go-to person for anything that like isn't super major. So they don't make decisions, you know, those major decisions. They're not that type um, of person, but um, they do execute quite a bit of things that happen within the community. Here's the thing. I think I will fall up under the planner. Now, (laughs) the bad news is that I think you can X off the planner really quickly. Like if that's all you do, you know, you better be a planner and learn two other skills. You know, if you're going to do that, you better be a planner, a soldier and a medic. And then maybe you'll be okay. But I can totally see me taking on this role. And while I hate planning things for work, I do enjoy planning things for survival life. Like I really, really enjoy that. Um, so, and even for other groups that I'm in, Black to the Land Coalition, like, so I, I like the planning aspect of things. Planners are usually upbeat, lively. They have like a lot of high energy normally. They're people pleasers, which, hello, you can see now why I'm like, put myself into the planner role because those are things I feel like they usually just, they usually exemplify those type of characteristics. I feel like they're often overlooked because maybe they have some skills, but their best skill may be in, um, well, maybe they don't have any like truly, truly specialized skills, but maybe their skills are best in rallying like the community and the tribe and keeping everyone engaged, keeping people upbeat. Um, And even beyond all the fun stuff, a planner can be good for strategy and logistics um, for leaders and soldiers, defense and offense plans. So maybe they might help tighten up something that's already developed by a leader or a soldier. Um, But because they're good at planning, they can kind of, again, rally the community together to follow and adhere and um, to follow and adhere to those whatever plans are made by the soldier and the leader. So yeah, I, I have to say I probably would fall under the planner. And I'm mad at it. All right, so the next, the next, the next thing. All right, so the next thing is the hunter. Oh, we are almost finished here. Fish, meat, you know, for the nine beaks. Um, you know what? Some hunters are even good at foraging, like because they spend a lot of time out there, they begin to learn some of the vegetation that's out there. So they could probably even tell you different plants and things to eat. So I consider some of them to be foragers. I don't think they're all about fish and meat, Um, but the hunter pretty much being 
the hunter pretty much brings home the bacon and provides for the group to keep them nourished. Because um, you need those calories, you need to pack on proteins and things beyond just what, and I'm not saying, again, so you can totally live without fish and meat, but remember now, things that were accessible to you, you know, in a grocery store are not going to be accessible to you that easily. So you might not have like lentils and beans and different things growing. Um, so you might have to supplement some of that with fish or meat. Um, but they pretty much provide for the group. And um, I would say they're often gone from the group for, you know, here and there extended periods of time. And they really are rely heavily upon the group. I think the hunter role can be pretty exhausting. And I do think it carries a heavy burden at times. Um, I feel like they know that every time they step outside of that community or that compound, quote unquote compound, that people, when they come back, people are the first thing they're looking is like, okay, he came back safe, good, but did he come back safe with some food? You know, and that could start to weigh in on a person very easily. Um, so I think there's a lot of responsibility that comes with um, the person who goes out and gets the meat and um, poultry, I'm sorry, meat and fish protein, or meat and fish food. So, uh, yeah, but it, you know, they're very respected, they're very needed. As long as they continue to bring, some type of food, they're going to be a necessary part of the group. The handy person. So I wish I was a handy person. I think it would come in handy for that. I think it would really help me in so many different ways, but you got the handy person. That's the carpenter. He's Miss. They are See, I caught myself. They are the fix-it person. It could be a car, a tractor. Maybe you need a plumber. They are just good and gifted with the hands. And I think that's a skill that we don't quite respect enough in this society anymore. I look at my grandfather and his nickname was the plumber man. And he would always, uh, if something, if he needed something done on his car, he wasn't very good at cars. But because he was such a good plumber, if he did, if somebody, he would go do work for somebody and he would say, okay, next time I need my car fixed, I'll bring my car in and you can fix that. That was like how him and his friends bartered with each other. And they even would like, if somebody needed something in the community, they would say, oh, call Smitty. He's the plumber man. He can fix you. And then now he's made a connection with that person. And then now if he needed somebody to um, do carpentry, which he was pretty good at himself too, but he would have that support there. Um, so if you have a thought, I'm sorry, if this person is like the person um, that you would want to have in the group, um, they are they do their jobs well. They're very knowledgeable, um, very skilled when you need to rebuild up your community. You need homes. You need infrastructure. Yes, they can do it. They they can do it um, as long as they have the resources. And even if they don't have the resources, I think they learn how to work around things. Um, they're going to be so instrumental in setting up a proper and reinforced homestead. You won't be able to truly rebuild and get back to some type of sanity without them. Um, they're they're just needed to reestablish the community's home base. So you have to have a, a person who's a handy person. So, so important. And I think we take for granted all the things, whether it's minor or major, that can go wrong. 
uh, whether it be the plumbing or whether, oh my gosh, like rain is starting to come into the house or uh, the windows or we don't have windows or uh, we need to make a cellar and the cellar has to be easily accessible and not get you know run over by rodents or any other type of animals. You know, you have to have a couple of handy people um, within the group. So that... Those are some of the things that was named in a prepper's will. So we had the leader, the mediator, the medic, scout, soldier, farmer, planner, hunter, and the handy person. So I sat here and I tried to think of like, who's missing from there? Um, So... I don't know, like, I guess negotiator, but I kind of feel like that falls under the mediator. I think I said that already. The jack of all trades. I feel like Carpen, the handy person, is typically the jack of all trades. Uh, I know somebody might say a doula, but, you know, they would fall up under probably some of the medic. Now, maybe they don't specialize in anything other than delivering the babies, but that's very important because people aren't going to stop just because the world is about to stop. Like, if anything, you might have a surge um, of babies being born. Uh, A therapist. That's the only one that I could really think. Well, there were two people that weren't named that I thought was very important, maybe one less than the other, but I think a therapist is so needed. And you can be a therapist, but not, you know, have some of those other doctor skills or herbalism skills that we talked about earlier. And if you're already in this type of setup where you've left and you had to create a new community, that couldn't have come without, even if it was voluntary, there's going to have to be some discussion. Anytime you leave a big part of you, of everything that you know behind, um, it's almost like you kill or you get rid of a version of yourself. Um, and now you're expected to think and behave and act differently um, than you normally would. So a therapist especially in a SHTF is so needed, like so needed, a healer, um, a listener, somebody who can help like kind of unpack all the things that's going on that's buried deep inside the trauma. You got to have a therapist in a group. I think that definitely should have been named. I also think, I don't think this next person, this next um, type of person is as important, but I think it's important to have a handcrafter. Uh, they almost are like a handyman in a sense, but they do it more in an artsy way and they do it in a way that it's like, okay, so maybe they're not building a house, but they can sew clothes, they can knit, basket weaving, um, just different things to make. Again, you want to get as close to a normal lifestyle as possible. Um, so y- you really want to have a handcrafter or I call them the artsy hand person. So I guess, though, what do you do, though, if you don't fit in any of the roles named above? I mean, surely you might fit into one. Maybe you're not like specialized in one of the roles. Uh, but, you know, what do you do if none of those personas fit you? Or maybe you don't have that skill that stands out. I would say that's OK. The biggest thing is, are you willing to learn? And can you put in some sweat equity? So can you get your hands dirty and at least try your best to to do something or to contribute? Uh, If you can't do that necessarily, at least you can always try. There's no reason not to try. But what if there is a health or medical condition 
Um, can you wash the kids? Can you help with the elder? What if you aren't able to do that? You know, can you uh, at least bring a sense of mind? Like, could you be the storyteller? Could you be a person who keeps the group in good spirits? Could you be that go-to person? Just if somebody wants to talk and you lend a smile or a hug or a kind word. Like, so you have to realize that there are going to be some people, if you have if, if your whole group is just only based solely off of um, what somebody can do physically for the group or whatever, then I think you're going to lose sight of what a community really is. You know, and that's not to say you can just take on everybody who's going to utilize your resource and not put something back in. But there is something to say for looking out for everybody, if you can. And by everybody, I mean like not every single person, but there are some people, you can't just throw away people. It's not that easy. Um, I would hope it would never be that easy. And, and doing that is going to come at a consequence. So um, I don't know. So that's, I thought those were interesting. I always love reading about the different type of people that you would want into a group and like how important are those people. So I'd love to hear from you. Like what do you, which of those people that you think were some of the most important to have? Uh, which ones could you do without? Did I miss any? Did that Prepper's Will article miss anybody? Who would you add on there? Um, but so talking about this made me think about the next episode. So you're going to want to tune in because while these are people you want to have in your group, <laughs> Let's talk about the people you want to avoid in your group. So maybe that'll be the next episode, but it's late. I'm tired and it is time for me to go on life as normal. Act like things act like we're not on a semi-quarantine and I am going to just sit back and read a book and spend the rest of my Sunday afternoon on chill mode. Hit me up. Let me know what you think. I'm so happy you tuned in. Please share this with other people. Um, share this with somebody who you think might be interested. Uh, leave some feedback, some comments. I really appreciate it. You can hit us up at survivallife at gmail.com. That's S-O-U-L-V-I-V-A-L-L-I-F-E at gmail.com. Our IG is at Survival Life. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter. I promise to be a little bit more active on there, but I've maxed out um, the meets. Um, so yeah, share this, share your feedback, and get ready for the next one. Look forward to talking with you again, peeps. Bye, tribe.